Spawny, Spawny, he's our man. If he can't kill him, no one can. Yay, Spawny. S to the P to the A to the A-W-N. S to the P to the A to the A-W-N. Go, Spawny. Go, Spawny. In the name of the people and the things of hell, I dub thee Spawn. General of Hell's Armies, arise your crispness. Arise, Duke of Deep Fried, Sultan of Sizzling, Immer of Uigui. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 263 of Under the Call of MS. If you haven't figured it out, that was a little quote from the Spawn movie back in the days. John Leguizamo playing the clown. That's where he takes over the girls' cheerleading uniform and <laughs> cheers on Spawn as he's starting to become his initial self. Today is a normal Thursday episode. Bunch of comics. Some MS Health stuff. And, I don't know, maybe something else if I think of anything. <laughs> kind of behind the... Behind on the ball today, just woke up, forgot I had an online meeting, ended up missing that, most of it, got back, ran some errands, got back to the meeting, and of course the internet and the computer wouldn't work for shit, and it kept getting cut out, so ended up missing out on that meeting, I'm going to have to catch up on that this afternoon, and then I have another meeting this afternoon, that I get the finally get on a live shot with Dr. Boster, Dr. Aaron Boster from the MS Institute out of Ohio, the Boster Institute for Multiple Sclerosis. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that right now. What we need to talk about right now is comic books. So we're going to start it out with Dynamite Lives. This is number four. I was thinking it was like number three, but we're getting through this storyline pretty fast. Which is a bummer, because <laughs> I'm really enjoying this one. I think this is maybe just a five-part. And we'll find out pretty soon here. They are getting further along, and here we find out that... Uh, One superhero has the Frankenstein army working with him. And he's working with the military to get everything set up. So he can try and understand how the Queen of the Dead came to be and what her powers are. And that is basically Red Sonia, which he has chopped up in little pieces. Locked up in boxes along with her sidekick, which I can't remember anybody's names, of course. Which is normal. They're just people. <laughs> people with superpowers that can be chopped up in little pieces and still be alive. They're kind, kind of zombified also. But this character has a room set up on the military base that has... Some type of force field that won't allow necrotic dead flesh to walk through it. If it does, it instantly gets destroyed. 
So he takes Red Sonia and her sidekick into this chamber to do some work on and try and figure out how she got her powers, what she, how she's controlling things and all that. At the same time, we got a little storyline going on with Ash still dealing with this new mercenary type gal that happened to jump into the into a whole ring of things going on around the Necronomicon. She's trying to get the book away from Ash. At the same time, we got Pantha and Vampirella running into the scene, and they're going to try and help Ash to keep hold of the book so they can do what they want to do with the book. And a bunch of fights ensue, and... We got Ash, we got Monster Chicks, and all of a sudden a bunch of zombified characters come running into the mix. And it's just one big interesting brawl that we get to see between all the girls and the boys with and without powers, with and without zombification. Just battling it out. And this does get our storyline further along. And we're, I believe, we are coming up on the final issue. But we will find out next time when we talk about the fifth issue to see if it is the final issue. But that storyline is holding strong. And all you got to do is have Ashley Williams in the picture. And it's going to be fun no matter what. Because wherever Ashley is, there's sure to be some type of dead-eyed action. Things to that effect happening around him. And then we got MFKZ. We're up to issue number four of that also. I was ready to give up on this. We got the two guys... Still being chased by some alien beings. They have other factions there after them that they came across and caused issues with. So they're after them also. But we also find out that these factions, I think, are going to end up helping these two little dudes deal with these alien men in black type characters. So, in here, they're hiding out in a different part of town in the slums area. And we're trying to see if the guys can stay hidden and disguise themselves up enough to not get themselves in trouble. And while this is happening, two gangs that have some type of rivalry going on just happened to get into a big gang war right in the streets right where they're at. And one of the characters ends up shooting one of the gang members and saving one of the other gang members that's all tied up in the back of a truck. And for doing this, our two guys get taken with one of the gangs to be rewarded for saving a certain person that may be of importance 
And throughout this, they might be gaining some extra help in the long run, which they'll need. And they may be pissing off other people that might cause them to have more people chasing after them and hunting them down. But this storyline, I was ready to give up on it. I'm glad I didn't. It's having a nice little twist to it and staying, staying relatively enjoyable. So, check that out. That's MFKZ number four by Happy Tank Productions and Behemoth Entertainment. Then we're going back to Marvel Comics with Moon Knight. <clears throat> Not back to this is the first Marvel Marvel comic of the day. But in here, we have mercenary Mark Spencer died and was reborn in the shadow of Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon. Spectre became Moon Knight, the fist of Khonshu. To fight evil through the midnight mission, he is, he is the defender of all those who travel at night. Moon Knight. Mark Spencer continues to run his midnight mission in New York City recently coming to the aid of his neighbor, nicknamed Soldier. Spectre has also been undergoing therapy with Dr. Andrea Sturman and gained an assistant, Reese, who is struggling to contain her newly acquired vampirism. Dr. Bader, a disciple still loyal to the moon god, Kanshu, recently came to Moon Knight's aid in battle. Vader believes Moon Knight needs his faith restored by whatever means necessary. So basically this doctor character ended up dressing up like Moon Knight, just this darker, eviler version of himself. And we find out that one of the Moon Knight's side little helpers ended up having a bunch of half-moon stars stuck in him one night, and he got away. But they blamed Moon Knight, of course, because Moon Knight's the one that has those half-moon star throwing stars. But then we find out that there is another character that has the same weaponry as Moon Knight and is also part of the Khonshu. And then we find out it's this Dr. Bader, and he's trying to teach Moon Knight a certain lesson you got. Yeah, see what they go through and how this new character attacks Moon Knight's little sidekick helpers and tries to take out the whole clan and get Moon Knight back on a path that this doctor character feels he should be on. So you get to find out more of the story from that and you get to see what's going on between these two characters. Both interesting characters. I I could see it. I'd like to see them both working together personally. But who knows what the future will have to offer. And then we get to the fun. We get into King Spawn number two. Now. I didn't, I'm not. I'm reading these as I get them, so I'm not reading them in any special order down the line. When I reread them, then I'll 
sit there and figure out the actual ongoing order and read them that way. But no matter what, these stories are all enjoyable, not conflicting them. If I am reading them out of order, I don't know. But with this, we have Spawn dealing with the character that's kind of kind of a part of Spawn from Hell's past, uh, from the early days of Spawn, what he had to deal with. And Spawn's frustrated because he's having lots of problems. He's getting pissed with his his helpers. And it's causing conflict in the ranks between their camp. And they basically get Spawn to it's like focus on your duty take care of things and don't worry about shit around here. We have a couple that are screwing their brains out, having a last, playing with all kinds of weaponry, getting ready for an event that they were set up to do because of the Prophet Kincaid. And the Prophet Kincaid is just in their mind, everything they do and say and he tells them to keep putting the, this motorcycle helmet on. It's like when they're screwing. He wants the guy to put the motorcycle helmet on so he can image through the helmet himself and be part of the whole event and what's going on. They wear their motor, motorcycle helmets. When they go to an event, a public event, and we get to see them pull out. Well, they go there in their regular clothes wrapped in explosives and they pull out weaponry and they have their helmets on. And throughout this, spawns in his natural form. He's working with some other people and they're trying to find someone that's going to do things at this event and it just so happens that they are at the right event and a bunch of stuff happens people weapons get pulled people get shot uh, spawn deals with things as he can and we also get to see the image of this kincaid character in the motorcycle masks as things are happening I don't want to get much further on that because it's just going to ruin things. But, yeah, I'm liking where this is. Where this is at right now with the whole group working together and Spawn trying to figure out all the whole basis of why things are happening at certain points. It's been interesting, and then I read Spawn number 322. In here we have Spawn with She Spawn on the cover, so I assume that's what the storyline was going to be based on. And like all these 
Spawn stories right now, you get the three different news stories giving you the synopsis still of what's going on around the world. And you get the basic news, the fake news, the the uppity news, and the rebel news views throughout throughout those three characters. But in this one, we see Spawn in Spawn 322. We see Spawn still dealing with this character that he's dealing with in the last episode. And he puts him through a bunch of torture. And this guy killed a bunch of innocent people and stuff like that. So Spawn beats him bloody, sends a bunch of insects into his body. The insects are feasting on his vampiric blood. And Al Simmons saves a... Well, Spawn saves a girl and her child, and then Al transforms to his normal form so he can help her get out of there after he deals with the the character. Uh, After the girl's taken care of and everything, Spawn and the character go on to deal with their issues, and Spawn puts him through a hell chamber all kinds of events to punish him for all the things he's done to all these innocent people. It's kind of interesting. It's, it was a unique look at how a vampire could be tortured. And Spawn, of course, does a great job doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm... I, Love this run. I just, I'm so glad I jumped on it when I did with the the original Spawn Universe comic. I got excited when I seen that, and then I'm like, well, I might as well jump on the regular Spawn run and see what what those are telling us. And then, of course, all these other side runs started popping out, and it looks like there's going to be a couple more coming here yet before this whole thing's over. And then our final comic for today, we're going to talk about stake number six. This is finalizing this this part of the run, the first chapter. And in here, stake has to deal with some vampires in another country. And she gets sent overseas to deal with them. Uh, We have a little synopsis, a previously synopsis. Case closed. Angel put on her detective hat and found a witness to the number or to the murders. She and Jess, Jessime, were investigating. After tracking down the killer, they, they discovered he wasn't a vampire after all. Only a human pretending to be one. While celebrating the victory, Angel was alerted to the whereabouts of one of Ashwin's goons. And this is who she is spending time hunting down. Uh, women are being murdered. She's going to find this 
vampire that's attacking people, and by doing so, she has to hunt down, look for clues of where this person could be, and while doing so, she has to deal with certain vampire hangouts and stuff like that, which could get her in bigger trouble than anything else. So she, of course, is reckless and goes into a vampire-style bar hangout place and to stalk this character. She ends up dealing with the character along the way and gets in a fight, which basically gets her in a lot of trouble. And I don't want to ruin it, but you'll have to see what happens between her and all the vampires and all that stuff. And it looks like she might be in France, I believe it is, that she went to. But, yeah, you'd see what happens with this and what happens with Jessamine and the rest of the clan and group and all that stuff. But I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first six issues and the second all the Jessime Kickstarters that I did were I'm hoping there's more. I believe I might be waiting for one yet. I believe there may be a new Jessime one out there that I'm waiting for. But if not, I'm sure there's one coming up. But I will definitely stay on the stake run. I am enjoying her and the Jessime characters. So check those out if you want something fun, different, vampiric wise. But other than that, I think that's it for comics. Let's see. Can I think of anything else going on around the world? Sounds like the roof's falling in above my head right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything offhand. I just got my mind all over the place because I got a bunch of stuff going on today. So I am way behind on things. And I woke up this morning thinking it's Tuesday and it's Thursday. So I am definitely way off and I don't have all the stuff I need to get done before the weekend. So it's going to be a busy day today, so. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm having a lot of problems talking. It's like, Silly Shelly sells seashells by the seashore as she gets slapped silly by the seaweed-headed <laughs> seals. I, I just... I don't know, it's, I finally got my teeth yesterday. It's been like six months, and I finally got my lower dentures, so I'm trying to get used to them. They're just as big, if not bigger, than my cheap dentures that were $2,000. I paid 700 bucks more to have these made, which are even a little bigger. They weigh the same amount as my old dentures. They're called comfy lights. So I was thinking they'd be lighter. I was told I would have more tongue space. 
where you actually have less tongue space because it, it goes down further on the inside of the mouth, inside of the gums, than the other ones did. So you don't even have that lower part to tuck your tongue into to hide your tongue while you're talking. So it's constantly getting tangled up in there. I already got a stupid like little canker sore type thing started on the side of my tongue from moving around and catching it and trying to chew with these teeth in. They do fit way better than the other ones, and I am able to eat with them in, but yeah, once I started using the denture goop, they started holding better, but my mouth is constantly watering. Uh, I constantly have Like moisture forming on the sides of my lips and I'm constantly swallowing and wiping and trying to get, just trying to get used to this whole uh, having teeth in there again. It's like when you go six months without teeth, it takes a while to get used to them again. Uh, speech wise, I'm not sure. I feel like I'm hearing a lot of it. CH areas and S areas where it's coming out way worse than it did when I didn't have teeth. And I know it's going to take a little while to get used to speaking with them in and all that. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed because I was told. But like I said, in the beginning, I just wanted my teeth pulled. I wanted my gums to heal, and then I wanted the forms made. And instead, they pulled the teeth and instantly put the impressions in the gums and gave me temporary teeth. Then I had the assistant tell me the Comfy lights are way better. They're the top-notch denture. Through the company, they're lighter. They don't take up as much space for the tongue area. They uh, And you'll get a temporary set. And then, like, I think it was, like, four to six months down the line, you'd get a new, completely new denture made up recast and all that a whole new impression done but instead they took my old crappy denture that I was having tons of problems with they took that added material to it made the impression off that and that's what they made the comfy lights out of as soon as he puts them in my mouth I instantly got the left right side touching first and I kept doing a strip, the bite strip, and he kept readjusting, and by the time he got done for the day, I just went with it and said, yeah, I got three months to do adjustments, so just leave it where it is, and I'll just deal with it, and I'll go from there, because I know this is exactly what happened with my upper dentures. You try and use the right side, and if you use the right side or no, the left side of my upper dentures, I think it was. 
if you bit on the left side, it would pop the dentures out because they were all tippy. They're off kilter. So you basically spent the whole time chewing on the right side. And all, then I lost my right side lower teeth first. So then I had to get back to the left side chewing and it was too hard. So I went and had a complete new denture made. And then it was great because it was done off the healed gums the way it should be. So and then I asked for that with these and didn't get it. And... I asked for all pricing, didn't get that. I still haven't got the permanent dental implants pricing, which I asked for all the pricing. But I was told that I'd get a new one down the road. Now I'm told, nope, this is your permanent. And say, like, all right, I guess in a couple of years, I'll just have new ones made like I had to with the uppers. So like, you never get what you're told. They dick you around. It's like, tell me straight out and listen to what I have to say. Do what I want. It's me that's getting it done. I don't want some dentist that never had a cavity tell me <laughs> how I should deal with my teeth that are pulled out. It's like, you don't know what it's like. You've never had it. But what you going to do? They just take the money and run. So, But I'm running out of time here, so I'll get back to you with the MS Health segment right after this. Okay, let's get into some MS Health segment talk. Uh, see, this story talks about some nutritional facts that should be common sense but aren't. And it's there's a ton of stuff out there that people think is okay, but really health-wise isn't. So you got to watch things out there and labels lie. They tell us things all the time. They're supposed to be good for us, but in truth aren't. But artificial trans fats are uns- unsuitable for human consumption. They're unhealthy. Their production involves high pressure heat and hydrogen gas in the presence of a metal catalyst. This process makes liquid vegetable oils solid at room temperatures. Of course, trans fats are more than just unappetizing. Uh, Studies show they're unhealthy and linked to a drastic increase in heart disease risk. Stay away from them if you can, as much as you can. Uh, Some people believe... That having smaller, more frequent meals may help them lose weight. However, some studies suggest that meal size and frequency have no effect on fat burning or body weight. Eating every two to three hours is inconvenient and completely unnecessary for the majority of people. Simply eat when you're hungry and be sure to choose healthy and nutritious foods. Don't Don't listen to all those diets out there. They're just trying to get you to follow their little routines and so they can get promotion and stuff like that. But it's not really helping you, which they should be focused on helping you and not focus on helping themselves. And that's all you're doing by promoting their little 
their little special diets and their little special beliefs and all that stuff. It's like, listen to your body. Let your body tell you what it needs. It'll tell you when it's hungry. It'll tell you when it's thirsty. You just gotta listen to it. Uh... The mainstream media is one of the reasons behind many circulating nutritional myths and confusions. It seems as if a new study makes headlines every week, often contradicting research that came out just a few months earlier, and they're constantly changing up things. But don't listen to the studies. Don't listen to all those little ideas and changes in the thought process of what foods do what to our bodies try it out yourself and see what it does to your body and then put it in the good bad or maybe uh, columns of your notebook for future use so you know what your body likes to eat and what your body does not like to eat uh it's entirely false that meat rots in your colon. Your bro- your body is well equipped to digest and absorb all the important nutrients found in meat. The protein break gets broken down in your stomach by stomach acids. Then powerful digestive en- enzymes break down the rest in your small intestine. And most of the fats, proteins, and nutrients are then absorbed by your body. While small amounts of protein and fat may escape digestion digestion in healthy people, there is not much left to rot in your colon. Eggs have been unfairly demonized because their yolks are high in cholesterol. However, studies show that cholesterol from eggs doesn't raise blood cholesterol in the majority of people. Uh, New studies show that eggs have no effect on heart disease in otherwise healthy individuals. The truth is, eggs are one of the healthiest and most nutritious foods you can eat. Excess added sugar can be a detriment to your health, and getting it in liquid form is even worse. Uh, Sugar-sweetened beverages are likely the most fattening junk foods out there and when you can get a can of sugar and pretty much half that sugar if you had drained it and uh, solidified it and turned it into a solid would be half that can would be just pure sugar probably but the low fat diet promoted by the mainstream nutrition guidelines seems to have been a failure Numerous long-term studies suggest that it neither works for weight loss nor disease prevention. That stupid stabbing in my ear has been going on since I started podcasting today. So I got too many online meetings and stuff to deal with this thing. I got to get into my ear, nose, and throat doctor pretty damn soon. Uh, The trend to... The trend led of the trend of the healthy weight loss things led to a plethora of new processed low fat foods 
it because foods tend to taste worse without the fat. Manufacturers added sugar and additives instead. So you're best off just making your own stuff from natural stuff and be done with it. Many people believe that fruit, fruit juices are healthy as they come from fruit, but in reality, they're just full of a lot of sugar. A single cup of orange juice contains just as much sugar as two whole oranges. And when those oranges just sit around forever in a vat before they're used, they're broken down to all bad sugars anyways. If you're not eating the stuff as soon as it's being plucked from the plant, the sugars are deteriorating into bad sugars. Don't have any health benefits in the long run for you anyways. That's why you got to stay away from concentrated beverages, concentrated uh, juices and stuff like that. Don't want anything from concentrate. Uh <clears throat> In recent years, research showed that types and numbers of, of the bacteria in your intestine known as the gut flora, which outnumbers your human cells 10 to 1, these bacteria can have profound implications for human health, affecting everything from body weight to brain function. So be good to your gut biomes, to your gut bacteria, keep it and go back and listen to my podcast episode talking about uh, probiotics and prebiotics and how it's important to have equal amounts or even somewhat even amounts they work together because some can and cannot be digested by our bodies and we need the other to help digest those through our body but there's lots of way to keep your gut bacteria happy. And that's, I believe, fully in keeping the gut biome going. I like to have things like sauerkraut and kimchi and a variety of things like that. And I'll still take uh, probiotic pills and stuff like that every now and then. But just to help keep the gut bacteria going, keep the system clean. Uh, what people think is cholesterol or they refer to as cholesterol isn't really cholesterol. When people talk about the so-called bad LDL and good HDL cholesterol, they're really referring to the proteins that carry cholesterol around in your blood. LDL, LDL stands for low-density lip, lipoprotein, whereas HDL refers to high-density lipoprotein. The truth is cholesterol is not the enemy. The main de determinant for heart disease risk is the type of lipoproteins that carry cholesterol around, not the cholesterol itself. For most people, dietary cholesterol has little or no effect on lipoprotein levels. There are many different weight loss supplements on the market. Tons, millions, and they come out with more every year. It's so ridiculous. If they worked, they wouldn't have to come out with more and more and more. <laughs> but they almost never work. <laughs> 
that claim to lead the magical results but fail when put to the test in studies. Uh, most people focus too much on weight gain or loss. The truth is that health goes way beyond that. Many obese people are metabolically, he- metabolically healthy, while many normal weight people have the same metabolic problems associated with obesity. So all you skinny little pricks that try and tell us just because we're fatter that we're unhealthy. It's a, you can be unhealthy too and having issues and our bodies may work better than yours do. And it appears that the area where fat builds up is important. The fat in your abdominal cavity, belly fat is associated with metabolic problems. Well, the fat under your skin is mostly a cosmetic problem. Therefore, reducing belly fat should be a priority for health improvement. The fat under your skin or the number on the scale doesn't matter as much. Calories are important. Obesity is a matter of excess stored energy or calories accumulated in the form of body fat. However, this doesn't mean you need to monitor everything that enters your body and track or count calories, though calorie counting works for a lot of people. You can do many things to lose weight without ever having to count a single calorie. For example, eating more protein has been shown to lead to automatic calorie restriction and significant weight loss without deliberately restricting calories. People have been advised to eat a low-fat diet with carbs, making up 50 to 60% of calories. Surprisingly, this advice was extended to include people with type 2 diabetes who cannot tolerate a lot of easily digestible carbs like sugar and refined starch. People with type 2 diabetes are resistant to insulin, and any carbs they eat will cause a big rise in blood sugar levels. So for this reason, they need to take blood sugar lowering drugs to bring their levels down. Uh, Fat has often been blamed for obesity as it has more calories per gram than protein and carbs. Yet people who eat a diet high in fat but low in carbs end up eating fewer calories than people on low-fat, high-carb diets. So this, this has been conversely led, has conversely led many people to blame carbs for obesity, which is incorrect as well. Plenty of populations throughout history have eaten high-carb diets but remained healthy. Uh, as with everything, yeah, try it and see how your body reacts to it. Go from there. I understand it can take a while of eating something to get the full results of what it's doing to your system. So. But it's better to uh, journal it and understand it and research it than it is to just give up and go with whatever you feel like and then end up having problems that you could have probably prevented. Uh, 
junk food can be addictive. Uh, of course, your body can crave those sugars once you start eating them. So you got to watch how much of that you do eat. That's someone actually that we know calling, not a telemarketer for, for once. Uh, never trust health claims on packaging. People are more health conscious than ever before. The food manufacturers are well aware of this and have found ways to market junk food. to health-conscious people as well. They do this by adding misleading labels like whole grain or low-fat. You can find many unhealthy junk foods with these health claims, such as whole grain, fruit loops, and cocoa puffs. (laughs) These labels are used to trick people into thinking that they're making the right choice for themselves and their children, (laughs) but they aren't. Certain vegetable oils like sunflower, soybean, and corn oil contain large amounts of omega-6 fatty acids. Studies suggest that high intake of omega-6 fatty acids relative to omega-3 increases low-grade inflammation in your body. Oils high in omega-6 may contribute to oxidative stress in some people, potentially contributing to heart disease. So it may be a good health strategy to choose vegetable oils that are relatively low in omega-6 fatty acids, which include olive oil, canola oil, and high oleic safflower oil. That allows you to optimize your omega-6 to omega-3 ratios. There are many health trends in the world today, both organic and Gluten-free food is becoming increasingly popular. However, just because something is organic or gluten-free doesn't mean that it's healthy. You can make junk foods from organic ingredients just as well as non-organic ones. Foods that are naturally gluten-free are fine, but gluten-free processed foods are often made with unhealthy ingredients that may be even worse than their gluten-containing counterparts. The truth is, organic sugar is still sugar, and gluten-free junk food is still junk food. (laughs) I love how they come up with these new sayings and claims for food, and it's like they instantly start making everything unhealthy in those forms. And slap those labels on it, and people instantly go out and buy them and stock up on them and think they're doing better, and they're actually doing worse for their body. The obesity epidemic started around 1980, and the type 2 diabetes epidemic followed soon after. These are two of the biggest health problems in the world, and diet has a lot to do with them. Some scientists are blaming these epidemics on foods like red meat, eggs, butter, but these foods have been a part of the human diet for thousands of years whereas these health problems are relatively new. It seems more sensible to suspect new foods to be the culprit, such as processed foods, 
trans fat, added sugar, refined grains, and vegetable oils. Blaming new health problems on old foods simply doesn't make sense because they've been there forever. Basically, many nutrition myths and misconceptions are easily debunked with a bit of common sense and scientific evidence. The above, the things we just talked about, gives you some insight into common misconceptions, helping you be more informed on your way to a balanced, healthy diet. Just try things out for yourself and learn how you're, listen to your body. See what your body has to say. It'll tell you what's wrong. And what's going on. And then since you're working with your body. Let's look at some benefits of yoga there. That can help your body. Yoga is great for decreasing stress. Just relaxing. Stretching it out. Pulling those muscles. Studies show that yoga can help ease stress. And lower your levels of stress hormone. Hormone cortisol. Several studies show that practicing yoga can lead to a decrease in symptoms of anxiety, which is excellent for us MSers. Some studies show that yoga may reduce inflammatory markers in the body and help prevent pro-inflammatory diseases. Alone or in combination... With a healthy lifestyle, yoga may help decrease risk factors for heart disease. Some studies show that yoga could improve quality of life and may be used as an adjunct therapy therapy for some conditions. Several studies have found that yoga may decrease symptoms of depression by influencing The production of stress hormones in the body. Yoga may help reduce chronic pain in conditions like carpal tunnel syndrome and osteoarthritis. And great for back pain to help regulate it and relieve it. Keep it away. Yoga may help enhance sleep quality because of its effects on melatonin. And its impact on several common contributors to sleep problems. So that's why I need to get my ass back into my yoga routine. I am not sleeping good lately with or without the CPAP. I am just constantly waking up. And then when I do wake up, I usually run to the bathroom and then I come back and then I just lay there for an hour. Can't shut the brain off. Research shows that practicing yoga can help improve balance and increase flexibility. Duh. (laughs) Yoga incorporates many breathing exercises, which could help improve breathing and lung function. Studies show that yoga may stimulate the vagus nerve and reduce migraine intensity and frequency alone or in combination with conventional care. Yoga encourages mindfulness, which may be used to help promote mindful eating and healthy eating habits. Some studies show that yoga can cause an increase in strength, endurance, 
and flexibility. Oh my God, that's just terrible. <laughs> Basically, multiple studies have confirmed the many mental and physical benefits of yoga. Incorporating it into our routine can help enhance our health, increase our strength and flexibility, and reduce symptoms of stress, depression, and anxiety. Finding the time to practice yoga just a few times per week may be enough to make a noticeable difference when it comes to your health. Uh, like I constantly promote DDP Yoga, DDPY.com. Uh, it's all the yogi you need, along with using resistance style movements along with it. Uh, it's not your mama's yoga. It's <laughs> I, You feel a lot better when you do it. It loosens the body. It breaks away the... It's hard. And getting the body to move with our muscle pain issues and tightness and spasticity and all that. Lots of things can be hard, but DDP, as with many, there's tons of free yoga out there if you want. You can get on your YouTube. Your, uh, I don't know if Netflix has it, but Amazon has programs you can get for free and stuff like that. There's there's stuff all over the internet. You just got to look around. But uh, yoga is definitely good for us with MS. It's non not high impact movements. It's relaxing, slow, do it at your own pace. Just listen to your body, feel out the moves, see which ones work for you. Skip the ones that don't, that cause too many problems because pain is not no gain. You're not gaining nothing by injuring your body. And And then end your day, your yoga day, with a nice salad with some avocado on it or whatever. And avocado's got vitamin K, folate, vitamin C, potassium, B5, B6, vitamin E, A, B1, B2, B3. And there's just a ton of benefits, some small amounts of magnesium, manganese, copper, iron, zinc, phosphorus. There's so many benefits. Avocado is just a green pear-shaped fruit, often called an alligator pear, which I've never heard of that saying. It is loaded with healthy fats, fiber, and various important nutrients. Potassium is an important mineral that most people don't get enough of. Avocados are very high in potassium, potassium which should support healthy blood pressure levels. Avocados and avocado oil are high in monosaturated oleic acid, a heart-healthy fatty acid that is believed to be one of the main reasons for the healthy benefits of olive oil. Avocados tend to be rich in fiber, about 7% by weight, which is very high compared to most other foods. Fiber may have important benefits for weight loss and metabolic health. Numerous studies have shown that eating avocados can improve heart disease risk factors like 
total bad LDL and good HDL cholesterol as well as good triglycerides. One dietary survey found that people who ate avocados had a much higher nutrient intake and a lower risk of metabolic syndrome. Studies have shown that eating avocado or avocado oil with vegetables can dramatically increase the number of antioxidants you take in. Avocados are high in antioxidants, including lutein and zeaxanthin. These nutrients are very important for eye health and lower your risk of macular degeneration and cataracts. Probably good for optic neuritis issues. I don't I'm not a doctor, so I'm just reading stuff I find. So check with your doctor on all facts, of course. Some test tube studies have shown that nutrients in avocados may have benefits in preventing prostate cancer and lowering side effects of chemotherapy. However, human-based research is lacking. I wish I would have picked up some avocados. Now that I have teeth, I can finally have salads again for the first time in six months. Can't wait to start eating some freaking vegetables. <laughs> My body's going to go into shock. Studies have shown that avocado and soybean oil extracts can significantly reduce symptoms of osteoarthritis. Avocados may aid weight loss by keeping you full longer and making you eat fewer calories. They're also high in fiber and low in carbs, which may promote weight loss. And avocados have a creamy, rich, fatty texture and blend well with other ingredients. Therefore, it's easy to add this fruit to your diet using lemon juice. May prevent prevent cut avocados from browning quickly. And basically, avocados are an excellent food loaded with nutrients, many of which are lacking in the modern diet. They're weight loss friendly, heart friendly, and last but not least, taste incredible. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I like them diced up and stuff, but when you put a big pile of avocado on a sandwich and stuff, oh, that's just too much for me. But yeah, those are some little healthy things. Guess we're not going to get too much other stuff today, other than what I talked about with my own issues. But be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Take care of that monster. Uh, check out Crimson Cow Comic Club. Check out 200th episode coming up this weekend. Check out Under the Cowl, which we haven't done an episode in a long time, but the old episodes are still fun. And we will get back to you sometime soon, later this week, hopefully. If not, next week. Have a good one.